Adam Crowley Show. I've never felt so alive until now. On ESPN Pittsburgh and the iHeartRadio app. All right, let's go out to Joe. And he's on line five out in Carnegie. How you doing, Joe? Hey, guys. Uh, how you doing tonight? Good. Thanks for calling. Good. Uh, I just wanted to say that you got Crowley wrong. Okay. Well, you know. That's why we've got the quick trigger. Yeah, we got, we got the quick trigger. John usually does a great job back there. Um, I, I doubt that that got on. Did that get on, John? We probably got a nice shot of the city. I don't even know what the guy said. It's not even funny. It was, it's not even funny. Did, did, did that, you think, that call, he waited on line that long. Did, did you think he made anyone laugh at home with what he did? No. Just like, what's the purpose? Um, all right, well, you know what? With that call, I'm going to take a break. Maybe we'll read some tweets when we come back or take more phone calls. See you in a couple minutes. Richard. <laughs> Here's the thing. Nothing rattles me, because I just don't care. I put a lot of effort into the radio show, but it is, after all, a radio show, and sometimes when stuff like that happens, it's absolutely for the best. It it's absolutely helps the product. It absolutely makes the show more fun. And Richie's problem is that he took it so seriously. Just move on. Richie, you're doing sports, not rocket science. Right. You're not doing heavy news. Come on, you're not Richie. In sports, Richie. Hang up on the guy. Yeah. And move on to the next caller. Yeah. I mean, that's it. Like, that's all you need to do. You don't bail out of your show. No. Like, i got to get the break because I'm getting so angry. Well, then he kind of threw his producer under the bus. See, and that's John where... John usually does a great you know, job back there. Being in the business, that's... And having worked on that side of the glass for years, the passive-aggressive throw and blame to the producer... You got to watch that, Richie. You got to watch gotta that. Do it, I don't know you, man, and I'm sure you're a nice guy, but you can't be throwing the guy who makes you look good <laughs> on the air. Right there, he did not make you look bad. You made yourself look bad by not knowing how to handle it. Well, that's it. the problem. Did that get yeah. on, John? I would handle it with class. Yeah, John, I think you did a great job, man. Honestly. John didn't dump it because nothing offensive was said. No, it wasn't. He just got crowded, rolled. Yeah, I like how it builds up, too. Like, he, he tries to get past it, but then it's in his crawl. Well, he can't, and he goes back to it. But, Richie, for future, look, I've been in this business a long time. For future reference, Richie, this is how you handle it. You move the freak on. Don't identify it. It goes away. By drawing attention to it, Richie, you make it bigger than it is. Well, especially if it was dumped like they thought it was. Right. If the audio gets right. dumped, right. then no one's going to know it happened, <laughs> and you're going to be the one giving credence to it. So... We're just going to keep having fun here on the Crowley Show, and I'm saying this to all our listeners out there. It's the time of the year where we like when things are weird. Yep. It's not even funny. I don't have to, and I never really am anyhow, be tied to what is supposedly the topic A of the day. I know what topic A is. I'll get to it. We'll put our own little Crowley charm on it, but we're also up for the shenanigans. So if you want to go out there and you want to Crowley roll some peeps, you want to get it all in and up in Richie's face? If you want to get all in on who else does that show? I don't even know. I love Gene Collier, though. Gene Collier's a great guy. And, and again, Richie's fine. But if you want to mess with these people, I'm all for it. So Crowley roll them. And we'll find it. We'll play I don't it even know what the guy the said. He said Crowley roll, man. You got Crowley roll. Yeah, you know now. We played it like 18 times on Twitter. Yeah, come on now, Richie. <laughs> Figure it out. 
<laughs> See, and that's the thing too. If if the aftermath of that had not happened, it wouldn't be being played as much it is, as it is right now. No, if someone had just Crowley rolled him, I would have yeah. laughed, and yeah. it would have been great because it would have been going. That's that's a P one man, someone who goes back to the old days of the Crowley show. So that's cool, but it wouldn't have been that funny. Now it's effing funny. Four one two nine two 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 eight seven four. Tweet me at underscore Adam Crowley. That's where Braden tweets that I am a millennial loser because I am on my couch right now doing a radio show because I got snowed in. Braden says, dude, you got, quote, snowed in? I just think you're lazy. I got up at 5 a.m. and got to work and just got home. What a snowflake millennial. You just want to drink a beer and have Brian not see it. Well, here's the deal. I am lazy. My hip throbs when it's this cold. So I had... Brian drive over the equipment, and he's sitting here on my couch, and I'm doing a damn radio show for Mount Lebanon, Pennsylvania, bitches. That's what I'm talking about. You look That's comfy. how we have fun. You look comfy, too. Like, feet up on the table, oh my you're God. deep in the couch. Like, this this is so plush right here, man. This is nice. It's as good as it gets. Yeah, you got a nice setup. We might we should make a case for this to happen every day. The one funny thing is, though, when you called initially to say, you know, hey, I'm thinking about broadcasting for for a brief second there. It seemed like you were really trying to sell the snow in. Like, I thought you were actually trying to sell it. And you're like, hey, man, I'm snowed in. I am. And I'm like, oh, is it bad on that side? Is it bad where you are? I'm like, wait, you're in Mount Lyle. You're right near me. No, it can't be I that can't bad. I can't get out, man. My car's trapped. Yeah. It's a 2009 Kia Rio. You try to drive that thing out there. You know what they call that? <laughs> Suicide. Okay? You would not survive if you drove my car out in this shiz. Okay? And I wasn't about to scrape the whole damn thing off either. Because I could have got hurt in that process. My lungs haven't been great lately. When you quit smoking, sometimes that's worse on your lungs than when you actually smoke for the beginning portion. Yeah, I got a whole theory there. I've coughed more since I quit smoking than I did when I actually smoked. So that's why I'm here. Okay, I'm plush. I'm in my house. I got my dog that I'm petting. And now Brian finds out because he's here and I was an idiot and scratched my belly that I took the piercing out. Did that get on, John? That got on, but you know what got off? The piercing is gone. And that's a violation of the bat right there, man. Thank God, so, I thought we guaranteed two weeks. I thought it was two weeks that we said. On the air, we said two weeks. I know on Twitter. I know one of our P1s, a uh, guy named Braden, he brought it up as well, saying it was two weeks on Twitter. I thought you had to leave the thing in two weeks. I thought when we did the piercing, you said you were going to leave it in for two weeks. I think KDO can testify to the fact that you were going to leave it in for two weeks. Now, here's the problem and the dilemma. If it is not in for two weeks and you did say that and we can prove that, well, then we got something else coming. I mean, there's, pika, like, pika. Well, this might be an ass tattoo. This I don't whoa, know whoa, what this whoa, is. Whoa, whoa. This has got to be more serious than the initial one if you violated it. It's got to be. Well, I'll put it out to the listener, at underscore Adam Crowley on Twitter, and 412-922-2874. Did I violate the bet? Because I know we've discussed two weeks. I don't think we ever said it in stone. To me, it was always the piercing, and then I said, I think i got to keep it in for two weeks. But to me, that was never part of it. That being said, that MFR was itchy, man. And it was really cramping my style. Well, why is it out? Because it was itchy and it was cramping my style. Nice. That's all. Like, you were uncomfortable, so you took it out. Yeah. Nice. That's horrible. I'm sorry. See, no, that's a welch. And if anybody... That's not a welch! I had blood pouring from my navel! <laughs> did I could have died! I could have had an infection! I could have died either there on the spot with the very nice people of Southside Tattoo. I could have passed out. He, he made that abundantly clear. Could have passed out, hit my head... And whenever I got back here, 
and it started itching, and my cat started getting after it, my dog, I could have died. So I had Good. to do what was best for me. I had to survive. I, I think something needs to happen. We need to prove this somehow. Tom, do you remember it all? Tom wasn't around. I actually think there was no circumstance. Oh, yeah, Tom, Tom, was around, Tom wasn't around. Tom, Tom definitely time. was not around. There, Tom was No, I'm on Adam's side, I think. That's messed up, Tom. We might have to bring Joe in on Transparency, this. man. Yeah, let's bring the old producer back in. He knows a little more about this stuff. Give him a call, Tom. Pray for dark, tweets, at underscore Adam Carly. My God, that's morbid. Total violation of the rules. Face tattoo time. Well, I'm not going to go yeah, that Yeah, see? That's where I'm going, right there. Like a Mike Tyson tattoo, right on the side of your face. Richie Walsh tweets, at underscore Adam Crowley. Oh, no. I couldn't even hear what the guy said. I don't even know what the guy said. Okay, well, all right. If oh, Wait a minute. Wait, all right, Richie. Richie for, oh, Richie, Richie. If you didn't know what the guy said, how do you go on a tirade saying it's not even funny? You're full of it now, Richie. Come on, dude. You're popping all over the place. Sorry, Richie just pissed me off. Someone just died on the parkway because you blew their ears out. Sorry, that's right. How can he sit there and say that's not even funny if he doesn't even know what he said? That's true. If he had heard that it was a Crowley roll and then said that that's not funny, that's one thing. He'd have been wrong, but yeah. that's one thing. But not hearing what somebody says and then deeming it unfunny, well, that's not right. And I think it's unethical. Four one two nine two 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 eight seven four. Tweet me at underscore Adam Crowley. Everyone's all pissed at Josh McDaniels today. You see that? Everyone's all pissed at Josh McDaniels. This guy's the world's worst human being. Hey, guys. You all did the same damn thing. The word selfish has such a negative connotation. Was Josh McDaniels selfish? Yeah. But that's okay. It's okay to be selfish. It may leave the Colts in a bad position, but who else was going to look out for Josh McDaniels? This came out on Sunday. This report. Andrew Luck might need to have shoulder surgery. Again! Josh McDaniels reads that. Goes back into the Patriots facility where he's boxing everything up. Then reportedly had a meeting with Bill Belichick and the two Crafts. And in that meeting... They discussed the fact that he should stay. I'm thinking that he was offered a sweeter pot, more money than he was making. I'm guessing he was offered the job after Bill Belichick leaves in New England. And I'm guessing that Andrew Luck noise, that Andrew Luck news, that Andrew Luck breaking story, probably made him think, why the F would I want to go to that organization with that drunken owner, with that pill popper, with that unstable jackass and not get the benefit of playing with one of the best quarterbacks in the National Football League. He did what everyone else should have done. I maintain what everyone else would have done, but he did what he should have done here. Josh thought he wanted the job. Then the reports came out, and he said, F that, see you later. Here's why the Patriots sweeten the pot. Two reasons. Number one, they hate the Colts because of Deflategate. And number two... Robert Kraft already saw his quarterback of the future get moved. He already saw Jimmy, Jimmy Garoppolo, Jimmy, Jimmy Garoppolo get moved. The secession plan there. And he doesn't want to let the secession plan for Bill Belichick walk out the door. And he wasn't going to negotiate with Josh McDaniels while the playoffs were going on. So he did it 
prior to the Colts announcement. McDaniels could have moved his whole family to Indy, and then he could have been fired in two years because Andrew Luck was banged up, and the roster that was there to start was god-awful. The Colts wouldn't have made a great commitment to Josh McDaniels. They would have signed a contract, a contract they could have terminated whenever the bleep they wanted to. McDaniels didn't like the circumstances. So McDaniels, yes, allowed people to get hired there, assistant coaches. But you know what? He eventually made the decision that was best for himself. Why uproot yourself and your family for what could hurt you in the long run and hurt your family in the long run? I think Josh McDaniels did a lot what a lot of you would have done, and I think he did exactly what he should have done. Four one two nine two 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 eight seven four. Tweet me at underscore Adam Crowley. Was McDaniels immature? I don't think so. Sometimes you have to make hard decisions in life. Sometimes other people get effed over on that. That's life. It's not immaturity. Now you've got this guy, Greg Doyle, who writes for the Indy Star, and this guy is a hot take king. He says that the Patriots did the Colts a favor because you don't want to hire that immature butthead. Well, here's the thing, Doyle. You sound butthurt. And number two, just because he reneges and pulls back from an offer doesn't mean that he's not a good football coach. Whoever you hire in Indianapolis ain't going to be as good of a coach as Josh McDaniels. Josh McDaniels can get the job done. First time around 32 years old, maybe a little immature. Now, he made a tough decision. I'm not going to put that in the same category as being immature the first time around. What say you? 412-922-2874. Tweet me at underscore Adam Crowley. Coming up next, Jason Mackey of the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette. Rossi didn't go last night. And I respect Rossi for not going. Jason Mackey's job to be there. We discuss. It's the Crowley Show. Zach tweets, it was supposed to be two weeks at you. Good one. Good one. Oh, you actually thought that was a good one. Nice. I thought it was awful. Braden tweets, at underscore Adam Crowley, what, dude, come on, two weeks was the agreed upon deadline, you blew it, time for the nipple piercing or whatever, Brian decides, what a loser, keep your word, man, I thought you would be better, really disappointed, jeez, Braden, I mean, my God, let let me off the ropes a little bit. Ed tweets, he comes in on my side. The truth is, you were a master deflector every time a guest asked how long you'd be keeping the piercing. So I say 72 hours honors the bet okay. Braden may disagree. Braden does disagree, and I'll be honest here, I don't think that I hit 72 hours. I think I was right around just over 50. Do we have Joe now, our former producer on the line, to settle this debate? And even if he goes against what I think, we still have to go to the tape tomorrow on the show. Joe, how long was I supposed to keep the piercing in? I didn't know there was an agreed-upon period. Yeah! Joe, come on. Yeah! Joe, do you, were you paying attention? Woo! Joe, we said this multiple yeah! times. Multiple times. Uh, Crowley, are you getting to these guys beforehand? Are you texting them to say differently? I should have just had the guy pierce me and take it right out in the station. How is it that our listeners heard two weeks, but our producers didn't? How is that possible? Obviously, I don't listen to the show. 
you you've got you've got Zach who you just read the tweet from. Yes. We've but got Ed, Ed disagreed. Ed said that he thinks that I was evasive in my maneuvers. We'll pull up the tape for tomorrow. But Tom and Joe, who are paid to listen to the show, they're on my side. I'm paid to do the show. So I I'm, listen to the show, and it's not what I heard. You just want me to bleed. I need KDO's input. Jason Mackey from the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette joins the show now. He was... At the PPG Paints Arena last night for what was one of the more memorable games, I think, in regular season Penguins history. Jason, how would you stack that up uh, 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 alongside other great moments in Penguins regular season history? Well, I, you know, it's not the Mario comeback. No. I won't say that, but in terms of memories that I would put above it, there aren't many. Uh, it was it was something else, man, and, and not just flurry, but. The way the game played out, Ryan Shazier being involved. In the third period, the two goals that Malkin and Kessel scored. Um, and nearly, you know, 14 seconds in, Sidney Crosby almost getting number 400. Um, it was a special night, though, and, and Fleury deserved it. I'm sure you've been talking about it on your show all day, um, as you should, along with Steelers News. But it, it was just a special night, a cool feel in the building from the moment I was walking up to go in the media entrance, man, just, just a special feel. I talked a lot yesterday about how Marc-Andre Fleury was going to receive things. Clearly emotional on the ice. Afterwards, how did he feel? What was he thinking? How did that moment strike him? It struck him. I, mean, that's, he, I know I talked to him on the phone uh, Saturday in Jersey, and you know he was, oh, I really hope I don't lose it. You know, I feel embarrassed if I cry in public or whatever. And, man, he wept. He watched it. He thought about stuff. And, you know, as he should, I would have done the same thing. I'm not saying that critically. But I just think that it brought back so many good memories. And it just said um, how much Pittsburgh as a city meant to him. And not just, you know, Crosby, Malkin, Latang. Like, you know, they're all very close and they'll remain close. But I think people, maybe they understand now, but should certainly understand how much Fleury loved this place. You know, he... He viewed it as a second home, and he was sad to leave, but he understands why. Um, very few athletes get to retire in the same city they start their career in, and it's just the way things worked out. He's not, you know, bitter or anything like that, but, you know, I, I think probably a part of him thought about, man, I, I wish I could just be here. I just wish I could finish my career here, and the Matt Murray thing never happened. And, you know, but a much larger part of him understood that, and I, I just think for a night, for a moment, he got sort of nostalgic, re- reviewing all that stuff and hearing some familiar things. I know myself, just hearing him come out on the earth, you know, hearing the music play as he came out on the ice, like that, that had to be weird. You know, he heard that hundreds and hundreds of times, and now it's for the other team. It was weird. Did he think it was weird? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, he thought it was weird from the, the first moment that he got into Pittsburgh. You know, he talked about that on Monday at practice, just like, I remember we were just kind of uh, BSing afterward, just a few of us left over in the dressing room. He saying, like, I've never even been in here. Like, he was only there two times, once to mess with Matt Cook, once to mess with Jordan Stahl. <laughs> but, like, you know, he never went back in, like, the change area or didn't really take too much stock as to what the visiting room looked like. Uh, none of these guys do. You know, that's why the returns are always awkward, because it's like you're home, but you're not. It's like a different room of your house that you never really went into and then all of a sudden that's like the only area you're allowed to go so yeah i mean it's been awkward weird i think he's been trying to downplay it 
Like, I know my when I talked to him on the phone again, like, the first couple answers to his questions were really clipped. Like, they were uh, very short the way, like, you don't want to talk about something because you're afraid it might make you emotional or whatever. And that's what I thought then. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, there's no way that he's actually, like, that emotional about it. But you know what? After watching what transpired last night, he was, and that's what it was. Jason Mackey of the Post-Gazette joining me here on the Crowley Show. What was awesome to me, Jason, is that along the way I've been an ardent flurry supporter and a big defender of Mark Andre, even when things weren't good. If you go back to the Philadelphia series and some other times where maybe he was not at the top of his game, I always said he was a big part of why they won the cup before that. He was a big reason that they even won a game or two in the cup before that. And you're going to have your ups and downs, and not everyone's going to play perfectly all the time. What last night was, to me, was an appreciation of a guy for his body of work. And there were down times, but everyone kind of tossed those aside. And I think that that probably had to be cathartic somewhat to Marc-Andre Fleury. Yeah, and, uh, you know, I understand in the moment when fans say, you know, I don't care what kind of guy he is. Like, he's paid to win hockey games. Or somebody, you know, gets all in their soapbox and gets, gets disgruntled about it. I understand. But for a moment, for last night, everybody should have been taking a big-picture view of the type of human being that Marc-Andre Fleury is. And if you look at sports today, society today, like, you have so many creeps and morons and, you know, just people that take things for granted. They're not genuine. And Marc-Andre Fleury is the antithesis of all of that. Like, he, he's graceful. He has time for everybody. He's a, just a good person. Like, he's just somebody you can feel happy for. Um, and, and last night to me was that, you know, take the wide view of his career of, of Mark Andre Fleury, the man. And, you know, if you're not standing up and clapping for that guy, I don't know, you got something wrong with you or whatever. And, and that's the way it was last night. Uh, you just, you feel so good for him. I know, you know, in the media, like I can only speak for my own situation, but you know, we have to be eject and 99.9% of the time. That's very, very easy to do. I, I legitimately don't care if they win or lose. Just give me a good story. With Marc-Andre Fleury, man, like, I want him to win a cup. I want him to win the Vesna. I want him to be the most celebrated person in the sport because he's just so darn nice. He, he deserves everything good that comes his way. Jason Mackey joining me here from the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette on the Crowley Show. How weird was it for the Penguins uh, that they were shooting on Marc-Andre Fleury here in the building where they had all had so much success together, and their success would ultimately have to mean his failure? You know what, man? It was weird the first time when they did it in Vegas. Honestly, these guys didn't talk a lot about it being weird this time. Um, I think, if anything, it's kind of like a longing that they wish he was still their teammate. Um, I know, like, Sidney Crosby in particular, uh, just every time he talks about it, you almost want to, you know, reach out and give him a hug or you feel bad for him or something. Like, he just misses the living daylights out of flurry, but... Uh, as far as the weirdness, I think they got a lot of that out of their system. What last night was more about, to me, was how everybody reacted to the ovation. What would Flurry do? Uh, and, you know, that moment delivered and then some, in my opinion. I loved seeing Sidney Crosby, and I forget who the Vegas centerman was at the time, but uh, basically stalling. You know, they're, they're taking all the yeah. time they can to not go in the face-off circle to let it let it ride a little bit. And that, that was what last night was for me. Jason Mackey, the Post-Gazette, joining me here on the Crowley Show. Jason, 
I think Vegas is a good team, and I think they've got staying power. And I know that's a hot that, take. Yeah, I know, right? Uh, I I think that Holtby said it best the other day that they've got four second lines. But I will say this: we saw what they're missing last night when the Penguins stars played like the Penguins stars. My God, it didn't look like they had an answer. Now they bounce back, and that's what Vegas is going to do. That's why they're going to be a tough out. But I don't think you can, of course coach what the Penguins got, and it was evident to me last night. Well, I don't mean to bust your stones there, Adam, but I mean, Vegas isn't alone in not having the Penguins star power. Correct. <laughs> There's a reason they've won two Stanley Cups, and, and the stars are probably the biggest. Um, Alright, well then forget the boy. question. I'll move on. No, no, I'll speak on it. I'm just saying that, you know, yes, Vegas does not have Phil Kessel, Sidney Crosby, and Evgeny Malkin, but they're still damn good, and you know, you watch the Penguins, and, and my goodness, the way they're going since 2018 started, and I don't know whether that, you know, it was just 87, 71, 81 sort of figured out where they were in the schedule and they could start caring at this point or whatever it was, but they're just going so well right now. I mean, the Malkin and Kessel rules, I, I sort of alluded to this earlier, in the early in the third period, it just looked like, all right, we're going to take over the game. We're going to do whatever we want. You're not going to be able to do anything about it. And, you know, we're going to make it look pretty just for show. I mean, if Kenny Vulcan right now is basically scoring goals, it will. My God. Uh, Sam Warner did a story today on, on just some of the ridiculousness that he, he's putting up right now. And, I mean, they, they're, you can't even believe these right now. And in the modern day NHL, he went from 48th to second in the goal scoring race in like a month. It, it's, it's nuts. And the stars are on fire right now. They absolutely are, and with the number of forwards that have gone down for Pittsburgh uh, in the last handful of games, they're going to need to continue to be great. Do you like the idea, since the depth has been diminished via injury, to load the top two lines like Mike Sullivan wound up doing last night, Gensel with Crosby and Kessel with Malkin? Because I like it in the short term. Long term, I would like to see that change. I'm right with you, Adam. I'm right with you. When Hornquist comes back, I really liked what they had on that line with Malkin and Hagelin. Uh, but in the time, you know, right now with what they have, I would go Malkin and Kessel. I don't think the Hornquist injury is going to be anything big. Um, I think we're looking at, you know, two weeks, maybe three tops. But whenever he gets back, I'd go back to the way it was. But right now, just load him up. You know, I'd like to see Sid with Gensel, too. That's another thing. Like, we're talking about Phil and Gino, but I, I think Crosby would like to be scoring more goals than he is. I mean, I know he would like to be scoring more goals than he is, but um, the big part of that, too, might be who he's playing with. And I, I think you're probably going to see a Daniel Strong call up here either later today or tomorrow in place of either Kuhn, Hackle, or Rowney. And so and that's a, a factor you might want to consider. But I'd like to see Gensel next to Sid, see how that works out, and try to get Crosby going scoring goals a little bit but to your point not to sort of dance around all of it Adam I would definitely load up the top six get your best six offensive players and just roll with it last couple of things here for Jason Mackey uh, Jason I get the sense having read your work and look I could be totally wrong here you're the guy who's actually got the sources and you're doing the communicating I get the sense the Penguins are almost comfortable uh, with what they've got now at third line center and maybe a Latestu or a guy like Let's say Matt Cullen makes sense as a fourth-line center, um, and maybe they're going to keep their name out of the fray when it comes to the bigger boys. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, that's uh, that's a pretty accurate read. The way it was posed to me this week was, um, you know, the 
third line center prices are not friendly. If the Penguins kind of have um, imperfect assets with which to work, and what I mean by that is Connor Sherry is hurt. Carl Hagelin has been very valuable. What else do you really want to give up? You need to send money out to bring money in. Um, and Ian Cole as well, he would factor in all of this. He's playing really, really well. And I think the Penguins are sort of getting to a point where, like, yeah, things aren't perfect with Cole, but we'd rather have him in the lineup because he's playing excellent. Um, so anyway, I say all that to say I think the best move might be no move. And I had it posed to me this week that, you know, it's probably most likely you will see them at a fourth-line center, which to me, I mean, you can do no better than Matt Cullen at this point. They want somebody that would give them some bottom six depth that wouldn't cost a lot. Colin checks both of those boxes. Um, but in terms of a premium third-line center, I know everybody wants to see them go out and get, you know, Mike Hoffman or, or Pajot or Bozak or Paula or any of these names that get thrown around. I just don't think it's realistic right now, given what the Penguins have to offer. Damn it, man. This has been... Sorry, I don't mean to you know bring bad news to your show it's just, here. But it's just that's been just it, honestly, it's been it's just been blue balls for months, man. I've been waiting for this damn third line center, and we're gonna get Matt Cullen, which is great. But come on, you're really gonna balk at that? No, I mean I would like to see Matt Cullen come back. If they bring that's Matt Cullen back, I'm not gonna be upset. Pittsburgh sports, pal. Come on, he's a good dude. Do I have to call him daddy though if he comes back? Uh you call him whatever you want. I won't judge. I. I... You know what? I don't understand people getting so jammed up about people calling Matt Cullen dad. <laughs> What's the big deal? It's you just a nickname. It doesn't literally mean dad. Yeah, I... and it's not daddy. Like that would be awkward if That's you walk around calling a player. I mean, you know, I don't. I don't go up to Matt Cullen and say, "Hey, dad, do you have a few minutes?" <laughs> like, no. I say, "Hey, Matt, can I talk to you for a second? It's you not know, with a. Just... It's not with a tear in your eye as you imagine playing catch with Matt Cullen. Oh, my God, but people get so riled up about how people, like, casually refer to Matt Cullen as dad. It's like we were throwing a dart to the picture of Matt Cullen's head. I mean, you know, it's what people call him. Goodbye, Papa. <laughs> Bye, Adam. That's Jason Mackey, my father from the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette. Appreciate his time, as always. Really good insight from him uh, every single time, and he'll do his 20 things, or whatever he calls it. 20 things. There are 20 things he puts up online once a week, and it's always incredibly insightful. And it can teach this guy, who knows nothing about hockey, obviously I'm kidding, a lot about hockey. Coming up next, an old guy being a hypocrite, and, well, actually, now that I think about it, two old guys being hypocrites. It's the Crowley Show. Richard. All right, let's go out to Joe, and he's on line five out in Carnegie. How you doing, Joe? Hey guys, uh, how you doing tonight? Good, thanks for calling. Good, uh, I just wanted to say that you got Crowley wrong! Okay, well, you know... That's why we've got the quick trigger. Yeah, we got got the quick trigger. John usually does a great job back there. Um, I I doubt that that got on. Did that get on, John? We probably got a nice shot of the city. I don't even know what the guy said. It's not even funny. It's not even funny. Did, did, Did that, you think, that call, he waited on line that long did, did you think he made anyone laugh at home with what he did no. just like what's the purpose um all right well you know what with that call i'm going to take a break maybe we'll read some tweets when we come back or take more phone calls see you in a couple of minutes matt geica formerly of dk now works for Pittsburgh Hockey Now, and I guess he's a co-owner, actually, is the way that they're saying that. 
for Pittsburgh Hockey now. He's also been hired by PiratesProspects.com, and rumor has it he's going to be the next defensive backs coach of the Pittsburgh Steelers. Okay, that last part's not true. The rest was true. 412-922-2874. Tweet me at underscore Adam Crowley. I think Ben Roethlisberger, well, now he's old. Going back on his word a little bit. Is he not? If you believe Art Rooney II in, Art Rooney II has not given you a reason not to believe him. He says Ben Roethlisberger wants to play beyond his current contract, which is past two years. Hmm. Wonder why that might be. Todd Haley is gone. Ben Roethlisberger, when he bitched to Crook and Phony, had Todd Haley bitch at him the day before, according to sources. According to sources, Todd Haley and Ben Roethlisberger had a big-time blow-up the day before Ben Roethlisberger said he was contemplating retirement. Well, now we find Todd Haley not to be around anymore. And Ben Roethlisberger is talking to the Steelers about an extension? We thought two years ago might have been his last. We thought this year might have been his last as he's playing. Maybe he'll go out on top. And now we find out Ben Roethlisberger, ah, you know, screw the head trauma, screw all the rest. It ain't about all that. It's about Todd Haley. You don't really have to be a genius to read between those lines. And trust me, I'm no genius. That's not that hard to figure out. Todd Haley not around. Ben Roethlisberger wants to be around. And I don't think Todd Haley and Ben Roethlisberger ever had as bad of a relationship as people are making it out to be, but Todd Haley never played football. Todd Haley was a ball boy. Ben Roethlisberger always saw himself as a Hall of Famer. Ben Roethlisberger didn't want to be scolded and yelled at. B.A. never did that to Ben Roethlisberger. I'm guessing... That the Steelers' new offensive coordinator, Randy Feetner, is not going to do that. But we know Todd Haley's not adverse to getting into people's faces. He did so in Arizona. He did so in Kansas City. He's done so here in Pittsburgh. Ben Roethlisberger wanted to be coddled. Ben Roethlisberger wants to call his own plays. Ben Roethlisberger wants to be the guy. He didn't want to be told what to do. There was a big deal made about head trauma, and Ben Roethlisberger talked about how he wanted to be with his family and how he's got kids to raise, and that's a big deal, and this, that, the other. And, okay, I can buy all that to an extent. But this tells me that the biggest issue with Ben Roethlisberger all along has been Todd Haley. All along, that was the final piece. All along, that was the last straw. Was... Todd Haley and Ben Roethlisberger are not getting along. CTE, concussions, breaking your body down, all that stuff, yeah, it's important. But if it was the most important thing, Ben Roethlisberger would still be considering retirement. The most important thing is Todd Haley. Ben Roethlisberger wants to sign an extension. 412-922-2874. Tweet me at underscore Adam Crowley. So there's one old guy going back on his word. Here's another old guy who's being a hypocrite. And I don't know if he knows he's being a hypocrite. It's Mike Tice. Not Mike Tyson. No, we're going off the outside the box, I suppose, a little bit on this one. Mike Tice, not a big name. 
But he's a former coach of the Minnesota Vikings. He's been in the league for a decade and a half as an assistant coach. He said, quote, I'm retiring because the players don't want to be coached anymore. We all know the guy Mike Tice is, right? We all know who he is. We all know what he tries to be. Guys like Mike Tice, they're old school. They're old farts. They're part of the no-nonsense and no-excuses culture, right? That's the kind of guy Mike Tice claims to be. Probably chops wood to burn during the winter. Probably spits tobacco into a pot on his front porch. Probably drinks whiskey straight out of the bottle. He's the kind of guy who walks up to a woman in a bar with his chest puffed out, a little bit of hair coming out of the top, and he says, You've been here before? Let me buy you a drink. No excuses. <laughs> Hard work. All the time. The kind of guy who calls millennials snowflakes and overgeneralizes young people. Just look the other way while you realize I'm overgeneralizing this guy. Isn't that a nice taste of irony? The tough guy, Mike Tice, says players don't want to be coached anymore. Isn't that an excuse? He doesn't want to admit that he's not good at his job. His career record as a National Football League head coach is 33-34. and 34. Mike Tice had to make excuses that people don't want to be coached because he's a bad coach. Hey, Mike, spoiler alert, they probably just don't want to be coached by you. You agree with Tice saying that players don't want to be coached, or is he being a snowflake crybaby who's making excuses? I think he's a snowflake crybaby who's making excuses. Four one two nine two 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 eight seven four. Today's National Signing Day. There's an easy transition there. Because a lot of people do think that millennials are entitled. And in fact, if you heard the conversation that I was just having prior to the segment, maybe I'm going down that path, but that's neither here nor there. If players are more entitled now, Isn't that a reflection of the generation who raised them and not only about their own entitlement? I'm sure it goes both ways, but millennials get such a bad rap, yo. They're selfish, they're ruining the economy, they're a bunch of babies, they're soft. Well, they were raised by all you tough people that are calling them out, weren't they? Be real, son. Did kids create National Signing Day? Or did adults? Coaches like Tice cry out that athletes are prima donnas and entitled and selfish. Meanwhile, coaches get on their knees and pray that kids will come to their school. They'll wine and dine these kids. They'll make promises that they can't keep. And then when the kid bitches about not getting playing time, the media and the coaches crucify the kid that was lied to. Today's National Signing Day in football. You want to know why kids are entitled? You want to know why kids think they're the shiz? Watch the coverage of signing day today. The best recruits in the country sit at a table in a press conference as the media and coaches hang on their every word. In fact, there was a kid who wound up committing to Pitt today who had a USC hat on and a Tennessee shirt over top of the Pitt shirt. So he just started taking off articles of clothing. Is that about the kid? Or did the adults give him the platform and allow him to think more highly of himself maybe than he should as an incoming freshman on a college football team? I don't think that's the kid's fault for taking advantage. It's the adult's fault for deifying an 18-year-old kid. 
Then years down the line, this is what'll kill me. When the kid wants to sit out a bowl game, we talk about how selfish they are. As if these adults didn't tell them that they were gods when they were 18 years old. 4129222874. Tweet me at underscore Adam Crowley. Edward does. He says, Mike Tice was a borderline nasty player, too. He's way old school. It's probably because he wasn't able to change that he's walking out of coaching right now. I'm sure players are different now than they were years ago. Obviously, there's social media, and social media does create an environment of me, 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 to an extent. But, bro, that's just an excuse, and that's exactly what a guy like you would say that you hate. Gotta admit, I like doing the show from home. My dog's on my lap. Brian's here. Brian's here anyway, but now he's on my couch. My wife will be home. I'll be doing the show. She's going to walk in the door at 6.30, and I'm just going to be sitting here doing a damn radio show. I thought she was getting home at 7. My plan was during breaks to run outside and shovel segments of the driveway. But she's home at 6.30. Maybe I'll just have Brian do it. He needs more work put on his plate, especially the guy who just got over the blood clot. 4129222874. Tweet me at underscore Adam Crowley. That was a good radio segment. I'm just going to say, that, ladies and gentlemen, that was a good radio segment. Coming up next, I know we've talked a lot about the Penguins, and you probably want to talk more about the Penguins, and aren't really the second spoke today. We've got the rest of the week to talk about those things. We've also got Rob Rossi coming up at 620, and we'll talk to him about the Penguins. But I got to hit on this. Some son of a bitch was suggesting today that the Pirates should retire Barry Bonds' number. For the love of God. That's a crowd show. 